officially says I was a nerd. <laughs> um, and I think I can actually, well, I know I can. I've done it this morning before somebody got here. Um, I can just start controlling it from my iPad or iPhone right here in front of me. Or wherever. So hoping that I can use it tonight when Brother Ben's here. We'll see if, what I can do. I'll probably with you today. So, that said, I'll start trying to make some PowerPoints for you guys, especially on Sunday morning. Um, but in fact, the Lord even allow me, if I find the time, I'm kind of busy sometimes, but uh, I'll try to start printing out some papers to give to you that you can hang on to and you can handle them and it'll help you out too. So, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Notice what he says here, verse 28. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth, Upon the earth. We'll read verse 28 again. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Jesus, I'm asking you to help us today. That each and every one here today, God, that you would help us, revelation, God, of the things you want us to know, God, and who we are and what we are and what you've called us to be. And Lord, I'm just asking you right now to help us, God. Help us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. So God created man, mankind. We'll see that so many times when he says man, he's not just meaning man. He's not leaving you ladies out. You can check the, uh, the scripture reference to that. And you'll see it talks about mankind. God created us in his own image. He told man, he said, I want you to be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. fruitful. Multiply. Somebody say multiply. He said, replenish the earth. Somebody say that. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. Subdue it. He said, have dominion. And he also said, he blessed them. It's a good thing to be blessed with God. To me, Brother David, it sounds like God's got some plans for us. Bigger plans for us than what we think he does. But so many times I think we find ourselves asking this question. Who am I? Why? Why am I here? Why does God even want to use me? And... We can go on with some four, few more questions. Anybody be honest and said you've asked some of them questions yourself? Anybody? Amen. Of course we have. Guess what? We're in good company. Our first message ever preached at Harvest House. I'm titled, Who Am I? 
I mentioned, I talked about some of this because we're 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 in good company. We ask the question. It was it was Moses when he was standing before God in the burning bush, uh, brother Jamie. That he he asked God. He said, "Who am I that I would go to Pharaoh and try to release the people, the uh, children of Israel, region?" Moses, which is arguably uh, one of the greatest figures in the Old Testament and possibly to ever live, uh, he asked some of these questions. We're talking about Moses here. The one who, you know, throw the rod down and it turned into a snake and he uh, calls the, the the river to turn into blood and he, he he calls, you know, he was part of all these plagues and leading the children of Israel out held his rod up and they, they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground where God parted. We're talking about Moses. He he looked at God and said, Who am I? What are you asking me to do it for? I can't even talk right. He had questions. The psalmist. So many people have looked at the psalms and gleaned from them, read from them. The psalmist, the psalms 8, 3, and 4 said, When I consider the heavens and I work thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou visited him? The psalmist had questions. Job, of course he had questions, but he, he said some things here in Job 7, 17. He said, what is man that thou shouldest magnify him and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him? He said in Job 15 and 14, what is man that he should be clean, which is born of woman, that he should be righteous? King David, arguably, one of the, another, arguably one of the greatest men we can find in the word of God. A man after God's own heart. But 2 Samuel 7, 18, we find him Questioning God before God. He said, who am I, O Lord? And what is my house that you have brought me to where I am? We all question why God would even want us in any kind of way. I know sitting before me today is some incredible and some awesome people. But I know in front of me today is also some people. I've seen your Facebook posts. You, you've talked to me. I know you've totally, completely questioned everything about your existence and who you are and why you're even here. The psalmist did have a little insight to the question when he wrote in Psalms 139 and 14. He said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. He understood, you know what? I may have questions, but he said, I'm going to praise you. God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah and told him some answers to the questions so many of us are asking. And when he said, and he wrote in Jeremiah 1 and 5, he said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. He said, I know you, I ordain you, I'm going to use you. He used it so many times. Revelations 4 and 11, I believe is what it is. He said, We was created. To worship him. But even with all this, we find ourselves still asking these same questions over and over and over. Who are we? Why did God create us? Why would he even use me? Me. Why would he even use me? People spend a lifetime trying to find out who they are. And what they're supposed to be. And in the process, 
They're filling themselves. Their emptiness inside of them that God created in every one of us. An empty spot that was designed to be filled with God. And he, every, these people filled their lifetime trying to fill that emptiness. But the only thing that's supposed to be in there is God. And until we fill ourselves with God, we'll never figure out these questions that we're asking. So, why are we here? Today, I'm going to start a new series on Sunday morning that I'm going to call Dominion Living. The man by the name of Jonathan Suber, he, he preached a series. I, I, I may touch on some of that stuff during the middle of this, but there's something in these scriptures that I've read today that I'm going to piggyback and jump off from. But he preached a series called Dominion Living. But I, I, I'm going to talk about over the next several weeks about Dominion Living. Because most time, most of us as children of God, especially in our church, we're not living with dominion living. We're being dominated ourselves. Something else is dominating our life. We're always feeling like we're underneath and never above. And you know what? Is somebody tired of always feeling like the devil's walking on you and you'd like to start walking on the devil for a while? Anybody like to be there? Well, you come on Sunday morning for the next several weeks here, and hopefully I can help us out because over the next few weeks, I'm going to try my best to help us understand who God created us to be and why we are here anyway. Amen. As a matter of fact, this very first sermon of this series today, I want to call, uh, I guess, subtitle. It's going to be, this whole series is going to be on Dominion Living, but this one here, I want to talk about here for just a little bit longer here. Why are we here? Why are we even on this earth? You've got a lot of answers to that, I guess. They think they know. But that don't mean our answer is it. The only place to find true answers in life is here. I was listening to Way L Film Radio the other day. Anybody ever listen to Way L Film? It's similar to K-Love. Um, the biggest difference is that I find, they play a lot of the same music, is the um, DJs or whatever announcers, they're very liberal. Um, very liberal. They was um, talking and this one guy said, you know, he said, when I was young, everybody always told me that all the answers you ever need is in the Bible. He said, that's just not true. I'm like, can I reach through the radio and smack your head? Seriously. He said, because, you know, you can look in the Bible and it says, uh, you know, what's the answer to the square root, blah, 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 this and that. And he said, you can't find that in the Bible. I'm thinking, are you that narrow-minded and that silly to understand it that, that Inside the Bible lays all the principles for the things that you really need a lot. I don't always need to know what the square, square root or whatever or something is, but I need to know how to live. I need to know how to spend my money. I need to know how uh, who to have friends with and, and what I need to put invest my life into. That's the answers that matter. That, that, that stuff doesn't matter there. Everything you need to know is in this world. And if we're trying to figure out who we are and why we're here on this earth, this is where we go. We go to the Word of God. Amen. 
And what better place, Sister Tara, to figure out why we're even here than to go to where I went today, to the very beginning of the book itself, Genesis. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about a lot of different things. I'm hoping the first part of this year, and, and you know, people are always talking about holiness issues, how man's supposed to look and how a woman's supposed to look and all that. If you have questions, you go back to the beginning and you'll figure out it's an order of creation is how it's all about. I'm not going to get into all that today, but you know what? He said he made them male and female. That's how God done it. I don't care what you think or he don't care what we think that it's what he said and if we're going to figure out why we're here let's go to the beginning of the book and that's what I've done today my text and if you'll, you'll let me I'm going to help us over the next few weeks and, and hopefully make us all a lot better people a lot better Christians and enjoy life better Amen. now if you would be honest with me when life is at its best you love living Amen? Anybody? When life is at its best, you love living. When your job that you work is at its best, you love your job. Right? We all got our favorite food that we like. And we have our favorite people who makes that favorite food. And when it's at its best, it's when somebody who knows how to make that dish makes it. You enjoy it the best. Right? Have you ever went somewhere and you, oh, it's, they got that. I, I love that. And you're like, you know, it's okay. And you're so disappointed. See, this is what people do in life. We, we build life up thinking it's this or that and, and, and we get in the middle of life and we think, this is not what I thought it was going to be. That's why so many people get in church, you know, we, we preach about how great God is and living for God is and, and this is the thing, but we get in church and I'm going to tell you what, the first three to six months of living for God is the most incredible time there is. Everything is new. Everything is fresh. And, and, and God is giving you just enough boost in your life to make you realize this is how good it can be. You don't fight devils. The devils, you, we think the devils are scared. No, it's not the devil. At first, that first probationary period of your life when you're living for God, God literally pushes hell out of the way. So they're mine, buddy. You leave them alone for a while. Hell can't touch you. Because God is wanting you to get a glimpse of what it is like to really live for God and enjoy living for God. Amen. He gives you a glimpse. That's why so many times when you when you go through after you've been in a while, and then you start, God lets off the brakes a little bit and says, now then you can mess with them a little bit. We'll see how they're motivated and see they really, really want to live for me. He pulls the brakes a little bit and the devil starts hitting you. You know what you start doing? You start going back and reflecting that first little bit when you first come to God. I have great and awesome it is. And what it's supposed to do is make you hungry for what you felt at the beginning and make you dig deeper and get a hold of God like you've never got a hold of Him and learn how to live this life at its best. That's why Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief cometh except to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy what you felt in that first six months of your living for God. And but Jesus said this. He said, you know what? But I've come to give you life. I want you just to live. He said, I want you to live life more. 
The majority of church people do not live for God and life more abundantly. We live with the devil's foot on our head all the time, and we're the one feeling subdued. We're the one that feel like the devil has dominion over us. We feel like he's the one multiplying. He's the one being blessed, and we're not being blessed. I'm going to tell you why we're here today is God wants us, praise the Lord, these scriptures. He said God created man in his own image, and the image of God is one of my texts I read first, Genesis uh, 1, 27. Created him, male and free male, created he them. And God blessed them. I'm going to tell you what, God wants to bless you. Before he does anything, he says anything else. He says, God bless them. And then God said, be fruitful. You be fruitful. You multiply. You replenish the earth here. You subdue it. And you have dominion over everything. I see some principles in this verse at the very beginning of how God created us and what he created us to be. I see principles here in Genesis 1 and 28 that you and I need to get in our spirits. And this is what I'm going to be preaching about over the next few weeks to help us understand why we're even here. He created us for him. Let me say this up front. The reason so many are frustrated with life is because you're trying to use your life for something it was never intended to be. You want frustration? You want frustration? You try to eat a bowl of soup with a fork. You want frustration? You try to eat a bowl of soup with a butter knife. You know what I'm talking about? We're trying to use something for something it's not designed for, and therefore we find frustration. Amen. That makes sense? Amen. How many of you ever got outside and, and your car was all frosted up and you didn't have an ice scraper? So you start trying to find everything you can to get the ice off your windshield. Credit cards, hands, gloves, anything you can find. It don't work as good. You get frustrated. Because when you try to use something for a purpose it's not designed for, it brings frustration. And this is why people is living for God are living in life period and they're frustrated. You're trying to use your life for something it wasn't designed for in the first place and therefore you're walking around frustrated all the time. Amen. Am I making any sense today? In this text we see that God said he made us for a reason. You're not here for just any reason. You're not here to just exist. You're not here just to uh, just to get married and, and work a job and and uh, uh, go through life trying to collect all this stuff or or whatever you're whatever you're trying to do. You're not. That's not your reason and purpose in this world. This text says he blessed them. He said, "Man, I want you to be fruitful." I want you to multiply. I want you to replenish. I want you to subdue this earth. He said, I want you to have dominion over all 
the earth. And most people in this world cannot even get past the first principle of God. And that is not by not living in the blessings of God. We want to walk in the dominion and, the, and, and try to subdue this world. And we don't even know how to walk in the blessings of God. Brother Cliff, we can't have dominion and subdue our life in this world if we can't live in the blessings of God. And this is the first thing he said he wanted to do. He said he wanted to bless us. Why are we here? We're here for God. And that's God created you. He created you. I said, no, my mom and daddy brought me. No. You go ahead and trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve. Okay? This is where we come from. Adam and Eve. Been reading through the Bible. Anybody been starting to read through Genesis? You know, some people say that beget this and that yet. Let me tell you what. The people you're that you're reading about beget, that's your great, 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 great. However far back you will go, grandmother, grandfather, whatever. It's where we come from. God created it from the beginning. He created them for a reason. He put them in that garden for a reason. He put them there because he needed some people. He he was he he needed some people that would love him. Why are we here today? Because he wants you to love him so he can love you back. Those of you as married or, or you have been married, maybe you're not through, through the, the process of death or divorce or whatever may be the case. You know why you got married in the first place? You didn't want to be alone. God didn't want to be alone. So he created us. That's why we're here. And since he created us, the creator wants to bless us. And this is the first thing we see. He wants to bless us. And people walk around frustrated, living in frustration, questioning, why am I even here on this earth anyway? The first principle in these scriptures in Genesis 1.28 that I've read here, the first principle is designed to bring about the last principles. The ultimate goal of God, brother, brother Cliff, in this text that I read is at the end of it that Adam and Eve would subdue and have dominion over everything. The goal of God in our lives is this. He wants you to be stepping on the devil's head. He wants you to subdue the devil. He wants you to have dominion over your life. Instead of your bills having dominion over you, your, your finances having dominion, your, your relationships always tattered and tore apart. Your world turning upside down. He wants you to have dominion over this stuff. Am I making any sense? I hope I am. And, and, and with that said, what does this word subdue even mean? Subdue means to win a victory over, as in a battle or competition. To overcome, to conquer, to trounce on, to vanquish. You know what he wants you to be able to do with all that stuff you're worried about? There's no doubt people walk in this building that you're so frustrated. You're so stressed over life because life has got you and you don't have life. Life is controlling you and you're not controlling life. This is what I'm talking about. This is what this is this series. This is what I'm trying to help teach us that you can control life and not let life control you. 
So you don't wake up in the morning so frustrated because your marriage is out of whack and your finances is out of whack and your kids is out of control and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it's a, we, we want to win the world. I, I remember Brother Suber talking about this in this series. He said, we want to win the world and try to get people to come to church. Bring them to God. And this is his words. He said, they come into church and we're, we're trying to invite them to church. And they come into church and our kids are climbing walls, chewing on the pews. We got more debt than we can pay. Yeah. Our marriage is out of whack. Our family's out of whack. We're like, come to church with me. And they're looking at you like, why don't you go to church with me? My life is more than yours is. I don't want what you got, but I got some better what you got. See, this goes back into this, be fruitful and multiply. We can't be fruitful and multiply because we're not even letting God bless us and we can't subdue and we can't control everything around our world. It's controlling us. And my goal is over this next few weeks, several weeks, how long it takes, is to help us understand God has called us to subdue this thing, to have dominion. That word dominion means to rule, to dominate, to tread down. It says legal right to the possession of a thing. The right Empower to command, decide, rule, or judge. Wouldn't it be nice if you could have the power to rule and judge how your life goes? You can do that. No, I know we don't believe that. Psalms 8, 4 through 9 says this. And here's the problem. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his foot. You know what he's saying here? I made you to have dominion over the things that I've created. He said, I've made you to have dominion over the things that I've created. He goes on to say, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts, the field, the fowl, the air, and the fish, the sea. And once we're passing through the past, the seas, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in the earth. See, he made us to have the rule over all this stuff. But we're letting this stuff rule us. You know why? The problem is the devil used sin to take man's dominion away. The very first principle here of this, I'll try to cover it better more next week, is God, you cannot have that dominion in your life, you cannot subdue your surroundings if you're not willing to let God bless you. Sister Velma, the very first thing in order to receive what God has got and us to walk in the place, Sister Monica, that we need to be walking in is we've got to let God bless us. But let me tell you what God won't bless. God won't bless sin. Oh, come on, hear me now. The problem is when Adam ceased to be in subjection to God's law and lived under his blessings, he no longer had the authority, he no longer had the power, he no longer had the dominion in his life because he let sin enter in his body and sin separated him from the blessings of God. They said God blessed them in the beginning, but Brother Cliff, it came a place when they let sin come in their life and sin separated them and caused the blessings of God to no longer reign in their life. It is impossible to be blessed by God like He wants to bless you and you living in sin. Well, that went over like a lead balloon, but it's the truth anyway. Sin will take your ability to dominate and command 
your own life. Basically, as long as Adam stayed under the dominion of God by obeying God's laws, everything else was in subjection to him. But here's the problem. How many remember the story in the Bible when Jesus was walking along and the man came along and said, Jesus, my daughter sick. I'm going to paraphrase and we'll get exactly right. This is just a story. My daughter's sick and, and she needs to be healed. And he said, okay, I'll come heal. He said, oh, wait a second. I'm, a, I'm not worthy for you to come in the house. But I'm a man of authority. This is what he says. He said, I'm a man of authority, and I understand authority. I got people under me that I say go and they go. I got people under me that says come and they come. I understand. Oh, so I know you're you the man, okay? He seems like I know Jesus, you're the man. So all you've got to do is speak to the situation my daughter's dealing with, and it'll be okay. And the Lord's like, it's done. And when he got back home, he inquired about the time that his daughter was healed. And they said it was about such and such time. You know what it was? It's when Jesus spoke the word. Because Jesus, all he had to do is, wow, he understands who's in charge in here. And he's letting me be in charge of his life. And all he's doing is said, okay, now, Lord, you speak the word and it'll be done. And Sister Janet, Jesus spoke the word and the child was healed. So I said, what's the big deal about that? Because God understands because he created the chain of command in life. And here's the problem. Somebody says, devil don't have no power? You kidding yourself. The Bible says that he's the prince of this earth. When sin, when Adam and Eve was kicked out of that garden, and all of a sudden they decided, I'm not going to live under the blessings of God, and they was kicked out, and they let, they had dominion over even the devil. But they let the devil take dominion over him, Sister Tara, when they let sin. In other words, what they begin to do, they begin to obey the devil's rules instead of what God said. And then when they've done that, all of a sudden, this flip-flopped. See, because this is how it works. The devil is the prince of this earth. Now, mind you, he can't do nothing that God don't allow him to do. Okay? So this is how it works. I know some of you heard me preach this. You heard me say this, but you evidently you may you, you would have missed the point here because I want you to hear what I'm saying, though. Sister Janet, he is the prince of this earth. As long as you live under his rules and his authority, you are servant and slave to sin. You won't get no blessings from God because you're a servant to sin. Let me help you out and make you understand this. People come to church and think, I'm going to get all the blessings of God in my life. Now, I know I might make somebody mad. I don't think you're in the situation today. You are, I don't know. I don't think you are. But maybe you're thinking about it. Maybe that's why I need to say Oh, I'm going to come to church and get all the blessings of God, but I'm going to shack up with this guy. I'm going to shack up with this woman. We're not going to be married. But I'm going to go ahead and keep going to church and get the blessings of God. No, it don't work that way. According to the word of God, if you're doing that situation, you're having sexual relations outside of marriage, the Bible calls it sin. Amen. And therefore, if it's sin, Brother Cliff, you're not under the blessings of God. And then you're dealing with curse. Next Sunday, I'll deal with this a little bit better. Let's go a little farther than that. 
We come to the house of God and we're thinking, oh, I'm getting all the blessings of God. But at home, we're secretly getting on the internet and we're looking at porn. Or we're committing adultery. My, my, my spouse don't know about it. We think nobody knows about it. And we come to God thinking, why is God not blessing me? I'll tell you why. Living in sin. I hope I'm making some sense. Amen. Let's just go a little farther. The Bible says, whatsoever is not a faith. This is the word, okay? Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. It plainly says that. So, if all I am is a doubter and a powder, guess what I have become? A sinner. And God don't bless sin. And all of a sudden I'm wondering, why is God not blessing me? I'll tell you why God's not blessing you. Because you're living in a state like Adam and Eve. When, when, when God said this, he said, look, do not eat of that tree right there. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. So I said, why, why do you even put that there? I don't got those answers. I don't know. But he put it there. Somebody said, oh, I'm in his room. I can't live for God because of all these rules. There was one rule in the garden. Don't eat of that tree. One rule. And Adam and Eve couldn't hope. Kept, keep that one rule. So don't, don't tell me it's all these rules why you can't live for God. One rule. It's your desire, your hunger. It's you to realize what you're supposed to be and who you are. God called us to take to subdue this world. I got away from where I was going to the ago was talking about the devil, the prince of this era. Let me get back to that real quick for a second. And this is what happened. When you live under that law of sin, the devil becomes your ruler, your God. But when you, Brother Jamie, circumvent that devil, and you stay repentant the best you can. Now you're going to sin. You're going to make mistakes, okay? We're all going to make mistakes. That's human. That's error. But to keep on making the same mistake when you know you're not supposed to make that mistake, that's when it becomes bad. Every once in a while, we're all going to let, we're, we're human. We're going, to, we're going to let the human factor come out of us. Our wife's going to say something. Our kids are going to say something that's just going to not sound good. And us men, we're stupid. Y'all women, they maybe like us, you do different things. Like us, but we get mad. Okay, let me be human. Last year was a frustrating year. I tossed my phone against the wall and broke a loop. I was mad at all kinds of things. <clears throat> I put two screens on it since and still don't work good. But you know what? I've had to repent over it too. But in a, in a moment of anger and frustration, flesh got a hold of me. Yes, I sinned at that moment. Guess what, those sisters? Yeah, also, that's God forgive me. Now, if I continue going over and over with that sister, Sister Lisa, and I'm constantly getting mad, constantly throwing, throwing things. Now that we're talking about a different story, then I'm walking out of the realm of God's authority, and I'm beginning to live under the law of the devil. And under the law of the devil, and I'm constantly doing the same stuff. He's the one in control of me. But when I do like I've done it, oh God, I'm 
Done that. Apologize to everybody around me. Apologize to, uh, to God for that situation. This is what happens. I circumvent the devil's authority and I go over top of him. Because this is the thing. God is above the devil. Even though the devil is authority on this earth, God is authority above him. It's like working at a job site and you've got this foreman that's just an aggravating jerk and constantly, you know what, and all of a sudden he's doing things he shouldn't do. Eventually you may have to get to the point where, you know what, you can't say nothing to the foreman. You've got to circumvent him. You've got to go above him and go to the boss and say, listen, that foreman is not doing things right. That's what the boss does. He investigates it. And if it's so, he'll get rid of that form. Yeah. Am I making any sense? Also, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3 says, Be ye therefore followers of me, even as also I am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember in all things and keep the ordinances I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. He's putting this chain of order operation in here. He, Paul wrote in Romans. I won't be too much longer here today with this. He ain't been that long really period anyway. So uh, Romans 6, 9 through 16. This is an incredible scripture that talks about some of this. It says, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no dominion over him. He said death didn't have no dominion over Christ. He rose from the dead. Okay? For in that he died, he died into sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin, listen to what he said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. This is just saying what I'm just talking about. Yeah, you're going to mess up and be human, but don't let sin reign. Or don't let sin control you. And if you're letting sin control you, you're not under the blessings of God, and you can't even get to the dominion and subduing the things around you. Why are we here? God put us here on this earth to be like Adam and Eve was in that garden, subdue and have dominion over our lives and everything around us. He goes on to say in verse 13, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness and to sin, but you yield yourselves to the God and those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness and to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. What then shall... Now, I know people say, oh, we've we got to worry about the law. Now, listen to the rest of it. What then shall we sin because we're no under, no, not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether it's sin unto death, or obedience unto righteousness. He's just, Paul's writing what I just explained to us a while ago. He's saying, if you let sin control you, you're under the curse of sin. You know what the curse of sin is? Let me, let me get the other curse. Frustration. It's depression. It's anger. It's chaos. It's financial disaster. It's marital disaster. Everything you can think of that causes hell in your life, that is the fruit of sin. That is the result of living under the rule of Satan. 
Today, if you're sitting here and all of a sudden you look in there, and, and now listen to me, okay? We all, even though we're living for God, we all deal with that stuff, okay? We all deal with it. But there's a difference, Brother Cliff, between dealing with it and living with it. Okay? There's a big difference between dealing with something and living with it. I have to deal with snakes, okay? I don't like them. I have to, I have to deal with uh, uh, maybe, let's just, maybe something come more into the house. How about this? I have to deal with ants. Anybody got to deal with ants? But I don't have to live with them. Every once in a while, every year, ants decide to come into my house. And I can choose whether I want to live with them ants or deal with them ants. If I want to live with them, I just let them do whatever they want and I never try to get rid of them. But if I want to deal with them, I go buy some stuff, I spray, I do some research, I find out what gets rid of ants. And guess what? It's a constant battle. If you've got the little big ants, if you're around places that got a bunch of them heels, it's a constant battle to keep them things out of If I sit and do nothing, it's like fleas on your dog, okay? You can live with fleas or you can deal with them. What's that? Well, I don't even do that here. <laughs> it's fleas. You want to deal with them? Are you going to live with them? This is what I'm talking about today. You want to keep living with the things you're living with or do you want to start dealing with them? Well, we don't want to deal with it because it can be expensive, right? We don't want to deal with it because it's work. Let me tell you what. If you want to live for God, it's work. And it's going to cost you something. You want to have dominion? You want to have control of your life? It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some time on your knees. It's going to cost you some time in the Word of God. It's going to cost you some sacrifice of some things that the flesh desires to do, but you don't need to do. And if you don't want that, you go ahead and keep walking and living with this. And you let Satan be your God. You let Satan control your life. And you can always throw fits. You can always live in depression. You can always have financial woes and troubles and, and all this stuff in your life. You can always have that stuff. Or you can deal with it. This is why we're here. See, Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is no condemnation. Let me help you without condemnation. I've said this many times. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Sister Heather, conviction is from God. Conviction says, you know what? You shouldn't be looking at porn side. You need to get yourself right. If you'll go to the altar, see, conviction comes from God. If you'll go to the altar and say, I'm sorry, I'll help you get over that. Condemnation says, look at you looking at that porn side. You're a piece of trash. And you go to church and you think you're a Christian. You're nothing but a piece. You won't never amount to anything. That's condemnation. See, Conviction is this, you know, you've made some mistakes in your past. Maybe 
maybe you've done some things you weren't proud of in your past and, and, can, and conviction says, you know what? Come to me, all of you burden heavy laden. Come to me, repent. You know what? I'll give you rest from that. I'll save you from that. I'll take that out of your life. You, you may still think about it, but you know what? Conviction says, but I'll give you peace of mind about it and let you know that, yeah, that was in the past, but now it's a new you. So condemnation, this is, see, conviction is the voice of God. Condemnation is the voice of the devil. Condemnation says this. Condemnation says, you know what you was in the past. You know how you done. You know you wasn't no good for anything. Why do you think you can come to church and be anything? Why do you think you can you think you can actually get get the place you could be on a praise team? You think you can get the place that you could actually preach the word of God or teach the word of God? That's condemnation speaking to you. That's that voice lying to you. That's the voice of the devil speaking to you. And you know what? The Bible says there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now I'm gonna bring this to close today. I haven't been that long with this. I hope I'm making sense to somebody. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to break this down a little bit more. And I'm going to teach us how to, when this is all said and done, that we could get to the end result of verse 28 of Genesis 1. That we are the ones in control of our life. And the reason we're in control of our life is because we've circumvented the devil and we're living over top of sin the best we can. And we're under God's authority. We don't have Satan in between us and God. We're, we're over top of Satan. Satan's under our feet, but we're still under God. And God, it's like in, in Psalms 8, he said, I made all this stuff to put in your hands for you to have dominion, but instead of you taking it, you're under the devil, and you're letting the devil have dominion over you. And God wants us to be over the devil, and the devil be under our feet. So we're in control of our money, we're in control of our mind, we're in control of our family, we're in control of our emotions. But as long as we're under the power of the devil, he's in control of our mind, he's in control of our money, he's in control of our emotions. Let's circumvent the devil and let's go above him. And this is how we get there. It's John 14 and 8. Philip said to the Lord, Show us the Father, suffice it us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long time with you, and you not know me, Philip? He that hath seen the Father hath uh, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? He just telling Philip is Philip, I am the Father. I'm God, okay? Verse 10 said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He did the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. He goes on to say this. I touched on this Sunday night. I'm going to talk about it again here real quick as I'm closing. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go into my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, that you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know what he's saying right here? Listen, I am the right hand of God. I'm, you're seeing me in his power. See, this is what I talked about Sunday night if he was here. I'm in his power. Jesus said, I am the power of God working in this earth. And I may do greater works, but you are going to do greater works than this. And he goes on to say, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. 
And this is where he starts talking about how you're going to get that blessings of God. How God is actually going to do this work. He said, I'll pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither know of him, but you know him. For he dwelleth with you and he shall be in you. Everybody say in you. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What he is doing now, he is prophesying to them about the coming of the Holy Ghost. He's telling them how they're going to do greater works. He's telling them how they're going to do greater works because that spirit that was working in Jesus was, was an essence of God. And that man, Christ Jesus, was going to come back in the Holy Ghost and fill us. Listen to what he says in verse 25. These things have I spoken to you, being, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance. Whatsoever I said to you, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world give, give I you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He is telling them this right here. He said, listen, I am fixing to leave. And you're going to go, he told him in Luke 24 and 49, he said, I said the promise of the Father in you, tarry in the city of Jerusalem, you be endued with power from on high. He said, you go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to, he said, I'm going to fill you with myself. In this hour, Sister Tara, the way we're going to have dominion over this stuff that I'm talking about, the way you're going to have dominion over sin, you need the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and all the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what that witness is? It's people witnessing you being what I said Sunday night, being the hand of God. Amen. Sister Linda, but we can't be the hand of God if we're working under the authority of the devil. We can't be the hand of God and the power of God working with us. Let me tell you what. You need the Holy Ghost in your life. Because the Holy Ghost will change your entire world. And I'm going to help us to get under the blessings of God that we can begin to be fruitful. We can begin to replenish things around us. And we begin to multiply ourselves. And we can begin to subdue the surroundings of our life and get control of our our mouth, our money, our time, our emotions, our relationships, and then we're going to have dominion. Now, I can see some people looking at this. Can that really work for me? Yes. yes. It can, and it will. Amen. But again, is do you want to live with the ants or fleas, or do you want to deal with them? So if you'll come with me, over the next few weeks, on Sunday morning, we're going to deal with the fleas. And we're going to try to get rid of the fleas. That dog Lars, Bethany's, and I say Lars is Bethany's. Ten years old. long does a dog live? <laughs> Too long. He's a sinner, brother. Sinner to be anything. It's not too bad of a dog, I don't guess, but that dog gets fleas. All I want to do is sit around and scratch. 
Just sit around, scratch, scratch, scratch. You know, that's what people do, you know? We don't want to get rid of fleas. We just, we'd rather just scratch. You don't, ain't that what we do? We don't want to get rid of the fleas. We just live with it and scratch. You know what we do when we scratch? You know what she did? She got where she'd scratch so much, she'd be knocking the hair off from her. One time she got to scratching so bad, scratching her ear, she busted a, a, a vein in her ear. In her ear. We were looking at her, what's wrong with that dog? You know, you, you ever seen like a, a little triangle tortilla shells that blow up, swell up? That's what her ear looked like. It just swelled up, sticking out, pointed. Yeah, dog, she looked like an elf or something. They'd go get surgery for it, you know, and all that repair. Instead of us just going and getting medicine, getting rid of the fleas, you know, dog, we scratch, you'll be okay. Yeah. That's how we are. We just do the scratch. And we scratch to the blood flows. We scratch till we get something infected. And, and we wonder why our life is in such a mess. Come on. You stand with me today. Why, why don't we, why don't we instead of living with things, why don't we deal with it? And if you'll go with me over the next few weeks, I'm going to deal with it. And I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, Lord willing, next week, I'm going to be talking about these blessings of God. Those we may mention that while I was preaching, blessings and cursing. If you have a blessing, would you really have a curse? God bless me. I want to be blessed. Because if I can learn to live under the blessings of God, Here's the difference between being blessed and living the blessings. I'll deal with it next Sunday. There's a difference between living so you keep running from me, you'll never make it to where I want. I'm wanting to take you. That's the truth. It's very much the truth. Come on. Let's get in the blessings of God. Because the blessings is the beginning to get to where you need to be. Because the only way to be in the blessings of God is to let Him bless you. You know how it is. If somebody's, maybe you've never been there. We're all, some are modest with this, and some are like, oh, yeah, thank you. You know, I've been in a place where somebody comes in. I just feel like giving you this $100. I don't need that. No, no. You're like, no, God's trying to bless you. You want to take it or not? You know, usually if they ever put it that way, it's like, okay. You know, say, you know, don't, let me, don't let me lose my blessing for trying to get it. But it's like, we were like, no, no. I, I, that's how we are. God. Oh, I don't want your blessings. I can do it on my own. Yeah. You're doing a good job, aren't you? That's why we're miserable. We've been trying to do this on our own way too much. We keep scratching. It's not working. You can scratch fleas all day long and not get rid of them. You displace them to another spot. You scratch it here, don't move over here. Let's treat the problem. Let's get rid of the fleas. Amen. This is going to be my goal. So, with that said this morning, I'm I want to challenge us today, challenge us to this altar, to come and say, okay, God, this is a new year. 
This first month is already half gone. And God, I want to commit myself to you, Lord. I want to commit myself to you, God, that I will live under the blessings of God. And God, that I will, my goal is before this year. So listen, I want this to be your goal. I, I think we ought to come to an altar and begin to pray and say, God, I want this to be my goal. By the end of this year, I want to subdue this life. I want to be in control of it. I want to have dominion over this life. I want to be in control of my money. I want to be in control of my emotions. I want to be in control of all the stuff of my life. And this is the first place right here. Let me just talk about it. I know there's some sitting or standing or whatever. But the first place to start is to get up and make a move. If you get up and make a move, things can change. If you don't, uh, Brother Norlock, I think, said that right. If you always do, then you've heard us say this, the same cliche. So if you always do the same thing you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. So if you want the same year this year, just keep doing what you're doing. But if those, I believe there's some people that want to see this be the most incredible year of your life. Would you pray with me today? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we need you. Help us, God. Help us in this place.